controller it's, is just ruined all all steam expectations for me just just sell me fucking games and call it a day Woohoo! Oliver with the spicy meatball takes over here at the House of Juice. That's just a tidbit of some of the spicy meatballs you're going to hear on today's super long extendo episode. That's right, we're talking about all of the new gameplay reveals, some new hardware that's been rumored. We've got a couple of our absolute juiciest game matchups that we have had to date to round out our top 50 quarterfinals. And then we got some bonus God of War discussion because your boy Maxwell here just platinum the game and he has some thoughts. So this is a long one, so you might even need two cups of coffee. So grab them, sit back, relax. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Oh yeah, baby. Whew. Hello. Good thing for autofocus. Yeah, I it was like right when we went in, it was like wooga. <laughs> just one blur mode, three thousand. How's it going, Maxwell? It's been a while. Some may say a week. Yeah, some some may say that it's been a while that we've been on this call. <laughs> Not me. But no, it's it's going pretty good. Before before we get into those troubles, t- take a look at this. Do you know what this That's is? A That's a cup. That's holding most likely a liquid. That's what I put my money. Oh, he's drinking. He's confirming the liquid hypothesis. Next, next iteration. We're gonna go for coffee. Correct. Mostly because, to the viewers' not knowledge, I called Maxwell two hours ago, and he said he's picking up coffee. So I might have cheated. <laughs> Cheater. But no, this is Panamanian coffee. Can you taste the the pandas? The Panamanian? The Panamanian? Yeah. It's actually grown on the side of a volcano. Um, and that's, is that dead ass or is that? That's dead ass. That's no joke. Um. Uh, that sounds stupid as fuck, but I love it. Well, it's not necessarily an active volcano, although I, I we looked it up and it is like I think they called it potentially active. I, I don't. Yeah, they don't know if it's chilling or not. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you, you may die, but this this particular farmer has a like he's had this farm for over twenty five years in Panama. Um, he is Panamanian, and so he sources all the beans. Like it is his coffee farm and controls it from there and then just ships them to northern virginia where they get roasted um that's like, pretty dope roasted daily and then yeah it's just no middlemen no nothing boom right there and it's pretty flaggy yeah it's actually really good there's only two roasts um i forget what they're called this one i think is cartura it's like c-a-r-t-u-r-r-a i believe um i didn't roll the r's because i'm not Spanish or Panamanian, but and then the other one is like <laughs> that's a good know. one. I it's love like, that one. Geisha, Geisha, something like that. I man, I feel terrible for not knowing that. But there's two two rows he does. Um, they're both really good. You want to plug the shop? Yeah, it's uh, if I remember the the name of it. Um, oh, hold on, uh, entertainer viewers. <laughs> Ooh, yep. Here we go, baby. You got... I don't even know what that sound was in the background. I'm doing splendiferous, audience. I hope you're doing great. How about you tell me how you're doing, and I'll just let you talk at me. 
that'll work flawlessly okay 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 well oh, that train wreck you picked up some <laughs> whoa dude it was it was a little bit of a skirt but it wasn't that bad but yeah we, we picked up some grounds yeah so it's called via make sure i can people can actually see it well it's probably backwards for you guys i don't know uh, but it's via via vulcan, via vulcan coffee um and these were roasted today um damn that's pretty hype that yeah. must smell fucking great yeah no it is and this is the particular roast i'm drinking right now uh clarissa my wife is drinking the other roast which i tried as well and is also fuego um we'll roll to... the r's because you're not spanish but we'll hit them with the old fuego oh. <laughs> yeah well i don't have to roll the r in that word um yeah so it's the family farm on the slopes of the baru volcano so let's see where 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 in panama is this oh this looks like it's in the middle of literally nowhere well yep, I, okay. m most civilizations aren't built around volcanoes from what i've heard <laughs> except for pompeii so rest in peace Ayo, 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 ayo. Well, it looks very pretty. Yeah, so there you have it. That's what I'm drinking right now. We found it. Um, for those of you who don't know, my wife is part Panamanian. Um, so that was kind of a cool connection. We just happened, we were in Alexandria and we happened to be just looking for coffee places. Saw it. It's, they just opened uh, in uh, November of last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, so brand new old town. Super cool. So if you're in Northern Virginia, I, from what I could tell, I didn't think they had any other locations, but, but maybe they do. So Via Volante, if, if you have the opportunity, check them out. Good coffee. Uh, the guy was super cool. Um, so, yeah, beautiful coffee. Great. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's how my day's been going. How's your day going, Oliver? I already said it's going great. The real question is, how has <laughs> the last it. hour been going? That's the. Okay. We're going we're gonna to go there. We're going to go there. Okay. So. You'll, you, um, well, you're going to go there. I'm going to sit and continue to observe. Yeah. So I have now switched from Chrome to Edge. As of 10 minutes ago, I want to yeah. be abundantly clear. And it may have nothing to do with Chrome, uh, it's not necessarily their fault. But uh, we, we were supposed to start this about an hour and a half ago almost now. And uh, for some reason, my, some, some software on my computer updated and the, the drivers for my phone webcam app were not working with Chrome's update with the new Meet. Um, and so I went through and I was like updating my computer's drivers. And once I did that, um, it was like, oh, you need to restart. So I restarted the computer. And then every time I tried to open meet after that, it was just like the, the letters were not matching. Like it, it looked like, it looked like super bad. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like words were it overlapping where they shouldn't be. It, it was like, yeah, the, the CSS file was all, it's like when you code the <laughs> yeah. HTML and then you just like throw some CSS at the wall and hope that it's going to stick. And then you open the web page and realize that it's literally all fucking garbage. Yeah. But it was literally Google's web page uh, on their Chrome. And I, I restarted Chrome multiple times, restarted my computer even several times, and it still is not fixed. And google meet is not working through the chrome browser for me or it wasn't um and it was also then it would hang up and then my computer would just shut off 
Um, like it got stuck Classic. in an infinite loop and it just, it killed itself and then it rebooted. Um, and it just kept going on like that. And so I was like trying to figure out, it seemed like the, the epoch cam drivers were the cause of the issue, perhaps went through and uninstalled them through device manager and the like add remove program in windows, um, reinstalled the drivers, same issue. Um, and then finally uninstalled everything and then installed an old version of the drivers and now the camera's working but google meet is still messed up so i couldn't get google meet to work through the chrome browser so i switched over to edge right now and uninstalled chrome and uh edge i mean it's working right now i've heard good things about it and since i uninstalled chrome and i'm using edge right now it's a time for me to try it i want to see what it's like living with edge and uh i might i might stick with it microsoft their their ultimate game plan to switch me over from Chrome may have finally worked. I gotta say, my biggest complaint about Edge, and I know, I mean, I understand why they did it, but the fact that uh, you could probably move it around, but like by default for me, the tabs were on the left, and you have to like open up the tab menu in order to close out tabs if you're gonna like click the X, you know? Oh, okay. Um, which is it's not a complaint in the sense that it's bad. It's a complaint in the sense that I've been using Firefox and Chrome where they're both the exact same and on the fucking top and I just have to relearn this new way to do it quickly. And when I'm on an internet browser, you know, I'm wanting to about to chop, 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 chop. So maybe <laughs> I just need to go into settings and see if I can slam it on the top. I think you just need to try it again because mine looks just like Chrome now. I mean, I, I have it open right now and my tabs are on the left. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, mine is all, it, it, it looks almost identical to Chrome, just like slightly, it's like more rectangular than Chrome was. But Oh, so if you click the top left icon, you can oh, turn it swaps on off it. vertical tabs. Yeah. Oh, well, It gives nice. you a couple other options, but yeah. So, I mean, I kind of like the look of the tabs on the left. It's just a getting used to thing. Like literally, it's, it's yeah. such a trivial complaint, but like it is something that when i'm when i'm looking to see what tabs i have open i'm not thinking left i'm thinking up <laughs> it's it's like if you try to use if you're a windows person you try to use a mac for the first time um but most people who use macs use windows also so that's not usually the thing it's usually someone on windows trying to use a mac is like where the hell how do you do this how do i what is the start menu like how do i close this how do i shut down um well, that's yeah. if I had a Mac, I would honestly probably, assuming my Mac was powerful enough, I would probably have like a virtual machine for Windows that I could boot up running on it. Yeah. But as a Windows user, I literally never in my fucking life would have a window or a virtual machine for Mac OS on there. Like, there's just no, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the hell you would do that. Yeah. Can you? Can you even do that? I'm sure you can. Why not? I don't know. Man. It seems like an Apple thing where they wouldn't allow you to install their OS on a non-Apple device. Well, I'll but, look into it. Yeah, let us Another know in the comments. For running Windows on a Mac is virtualization. Oh, yeah, so maybe... Oh, oh. Or even oh. install Mac OS as a virtual machine. That's a VMware thing. So, yeah, I think it okay. is possible. Interesting. I think it's possible but yeah so either way that, that's like uh because i remember uh i forgot what it was well i was on linux and i was trying to run age of empires 2 um but you know there's a bunch of like windows overhead bs that i needed for it i'm really butchering the actual explanation of it but i had to install i think it was like a windows xp emulator essentially so i could run it through the emulator and it was the same emulator you could run the same emulator on mac for like the same reason so sure um 
but yeah it's not like <laughs> you're never gonna throw in a game and it's gonna be like we need to emulate mac os so that you can run this this game <laughs> unless it's there's there's gotta be something if, if apple released their own game then yes but name a game that apple's released benny fat sticks <laughs> games by apple not uh, fortnite that's for sure well, when i google games by apple it does show fortnite but it just shows the games you can get on like the apple store which you can't, I think you still can't get Fortnite, right? Because the whole lawsuit they're doing right now, um, Epic versus Apple. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so that's, that's I guess, it, it wasn't on my list of tech news, but if you didn't know, Epic, the guys behind Unreal Engine and also Fortnite, are um, in a lawsuit battle with apple over apple's app store so apple doesn't allow other app stores on their devices and as a result if you want to have your software on apple devices you have to go through the app store and apple takes a 30 percent cut um, of all sales and of course epic is like that's too much um and so they they put up a big fuss and removed fortnite from the app store um and we're trying to allow like side loading or something through like the browser and stuff like that. But there's been some issues there and that's it. There's a lot of information on the lawsuit. We won't go into huge details about it, but that's, that's pretty much all you need to know is the, you need to use the Apple app store essentially if you want to be on Apple devices and they take a 30% cut regardless. And Epic was not happy about that. Therefore lawsuit of monopolization, I think is their main like argument, yeah. but I mean, to be fair, I just use the Google Play Store, so it's not like I'm really rocking out any other options for downloading anything. True, but you could. Like, let's I say could. there was an app you absolutely loved, and they were upset that Google Play Store was taking too much of a cut, but they made it available on a different source. You could then find use that other source to download it, and it would be okay. But on, with Apple, if the, the developer doesn't like them taking 30%, they remove it from the App Store, you're SOL. Like, you, you can't get it then. I just feel like, I mean, that's 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 like Apple's whole MO, right? Is that yes. there's just only one fucking way to do the thing, and that is how it's going to be done every single time. And that's why people like Macs. So at least my rough understanding. So I, I view this as a lost cause for Epic, but I mean, go them at the same time, like fuck Apple, why not? I know. And they, they the, the problem is, is that Apple has like a legitimate security argument because by only allowing software to be installed through the App Store, it has to be vetted through Apple, which I mean, there's still ways around that. It's not perfect. There's still a lot of malware that gets through, but it is a... It's much better than just going to some other site and allow allowing side loading of, of apps and stuff like that. So they, they do lock down the ecosystem pretty well. And so by allowing other launchers to exist, they would be opening up more security flaws. So but I don't know. So get get Android then. Um but but from a developer standpoint, the fact that you can't you you have to deal with Apple's thirty percent take is definitely that hurts. Like I, yeah, I think and you gotta like pay for their development environment and shit like that. Like, there's just a bunch of overhead costs with trying to get something that you want on an Apple. Where Samsung, you can download the IDE for free, 
and get an app running on your phone in like 20 seconds. I mean, the app's not going to do anything, but the point, <laughs> yeah, point, point remains <laughs> the same is that you can boot your own application really fucking quickly um, and get it up and running. So, Yeah. Yeah, which I like, but uh, I'm also starting to be on that anti-Android gang too, so... Oh, wait, An- anti-Android or just like indifferent? Anti-Samsung, sorry. Anti-non-Google. Oh, okay. okay. I want Google. I want, I, want to experience yeah. the, I want to experience the Apple effect on Android. I'm, I'm hoping it, I think potentially the, the Pixel 5a will be coming out soon in the next few months. Um, so get hype for that. Yeah, I'll have to see what a trade-in for this guy is. Um... Because, yeah, I do feel a little bad about getting rid of this guy, but if someone else uses it, then that's fine. Someone yeah. else can make profit off of my sell to them to the sell it to someone else. I'm cool with that. You'll definitely be able to get some, some value from it. Somewhere. Yeah. Someone They're not going to know that my back, my back glass has been replaced 14 times and has not, not been OEM. Oh. Like it, it, in, your, in your ad selling it, you just have an asterisk next to the, the waterproof saying probably not in <laughs> small text at the bottom. Nah. And the knockoff's so good. I mean, they, you probably can't see on the cam, but they still got the Galaxy S9 etching and, and you know, all the oh, right, yeah. like, ROHS type bullshit on there, so. Good to go. It's fucking good to go. It's good to go, baby. All right, so I there is a lot of gaming news this week. Do do you have any other tech news or gaming news before we go down this this rabbit hole? Oh, I got tech fucking news. No, I have I have fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did. I I thought there was some things that I really need to start doing what you do, where I just write them down when I think of them because my long term memory is being a bu- 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 bu, so. <laughs> So yeah, I just gotta start writing stuff down. There was definitely some shit I was thinking about, but nah. Nah. Alright, well, let's get into it. So, there were some leaked slides documentation from some Sony investor conference thing, whatever. I don't know, but they it it lends, <laughs> it lends credence to the idea that Uncharted 4 would be coming to PC. Um, so that's pretty hype. We like to hear that. We like to hear that at the moment. Yeah, the you do. Studio. Um, and it's it's not surprising. Horizon Zero Dawn's on there. Death Stranding is on there. Days Gone just came out on there. Um, all doing well critically. Um, I mean, Days Gone was still critically a little bit, uh, but like on like the Steam ratings, it's like po- it has positive ratings for the um, on steam and stuff like that so relatively good and they they saw i think it was specifically for horizon zero dawn on pc but it was a 250 percent return on investment um damn yeah which is not surprising the game is already made you're just investing a little bit to port it to pc and then it's all pure profit from there on like it's it, it it seems like a no-brainer for Sony, especially because if you do it two to three years after the game has been released, now you you still drive the hardware sales that you would get from that, um, and then you also get all of the software sales for the PC um, people, and more people get to experience your games, gets more exposure, might bring more people over to the PlayStation hardware side, um, but software is where all the side. money is. The winning side, yes. The best side. Um, 
so that that was i just thought that was kind of crazy um like 250 percent return on investment it, you, you, you always say yes <laughs> no nah, i'm good um a rumor that steam has been working on a portable console so no faith yeah it's zero it, it, if it's anything like half-life was supposed to be i mean i granted half-life alex from what i saw was a very good vr game um but the it, controller it's, just ruined all all steam expectations for me just just sell me fucking games and call it a day i don't need any of that yeah. bullshit actually i have it right so for those of you who don't know what the steam controller looks like looks like this. a piece of poo poo yeah it's it's weird it's got the like concave-ness to it um it's got little buttons down here and then like it's not even that like comfortable to hold and the abxy uh, stuff is here instead of there <laughs> yeah where, where it should be supposedly this works as like a, a mouse pad i believe um i i full disclosure i have not used this um don't know if i ever will but uh I guess, yeah, that's, that's a, to be fair, maybe we need to really try it out. Maybe give it a legit, you know, two-week test run or something like that, which sounds horrible, and I think that you should sign yourself up for it if we do it, but... Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a game-changer. Maybe it is the controller to end all controllers. There does but. seem like a reason that no one talks about the Steam controller, though. Yes, and that's partially because it's discontinued, but... Um... And that's probably because it's not good. <laughs> yeah. It probably didn't give them a 250% return on investment. Yeah. Um, all right. So there were three huge gameplay trailers released this week. Horizon Forbidden West, Far Cry 6, and Dying Light 2. God, Far Cry is really pushing, pushing it for me. <laughs> it's a series that refuses to die. But who yes. knows? You know what? When we played it, was we played five co-op, right? Yeah. It was nice that we could play a co-op. I'll give it that. Like that was definitely that made it worth the purchase. But would I review Far Cry Five well at all? Like, hey, it is, it's, yeah, it's it's that's that good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, so so here are some of the the big things from it. So one, okay. uh, you can ride a horse. Which sounds like, uh, duh, you can ride a horse in almost every game. But in Far Cry 5, which takes place in fucking Montana, you could not ride a horse. There were no horses to ride in the game. Um, but you can finally ride a horse. Um, they have custom cars. So you actually get, there are different cars in the game. And you can actually customize them and add attachments, different rams, shooty boys, stuff like that. Which is kind of, for me, that's cool. I, I like cars and just having more RPG-like elements to the game. Um, where you, you can kind of play it how you want. Um, the, the new weapons in the game, they're going down this path of more ridiculous. Instead of trying to be this like, oh yeah we're jason on this old tropical island and we're going to make it very gritty and it's all about war and drugs and yeah but we'll have one burning a pot field dubstep and be like yeah that's crazy but now oh, yeah, oh go ahead oh no you go no 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 no, no 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 so with far cry new dawn so far cry 5 they had the shovel launcher um and like the you, you could literally shoot a shovel as like an rpg as a weapon and then Far Cry New Dawn, they they started going even higher. They had like a saw blade launcher, um, and and some cool weapons. And now they have um, 
So this takes place, I think, it's supposed to be, like, a, it's like Cuba somewhere, or like, some some area near near Cuba. I don't remember exactly where it is, but like kind of where it's frozen in time in the fifties or sixties. Um, and there's there's not a lot of like high tech resources there. So the machine gun, one of the machine guns in the game is literally a motorcycle engine is what drives the machine gun. <laughs> um, and then they have a one of the funny there's the CD launcher. So the weapon launches CDs and it plays the Macarena um and so you're just listening to the macarena and then you'll like shoot it and then the next cd will come up so it restarts the macarena and as you just keep shooting, it just it was absolutely ridiculous i thought that was funny um but then they have customizable backpacks so one of the backpacks has like a jetpack ability so you can like shoot up and like get like further distance jumping i don't know how long you can hover for but if you can um but then there's another backpack that you like kneel on the ground and like launch like rockets from it um as well as like real warfare so it seems like there's more rpg like elements in like the types of backpacks you can have um and then probably the biggest thing well the the biggest thing if you're used to far cry games so most far cry games when you run into the enemy they instant aggro. Um, they just know who you are, and they are there to, to kill you. But in this game, you can actually holster your weapon. You're not constantly running around with a weapon. So if you holster your weapon, you can blend in, and it's not instant aggro. So you can walk directly up to the enemy and then pull out your gun and shoot them. Um, and it opens up some different abilities, and also the ability to more stealthily navigate without having to constantly worry about just like running into the enemy um and getting attacked which makes sense because the their city in there it's the first city in a far cry game and it looks pretty densely both populated with buildings and people um so it's kind of a necessity to be able to walk around reasonably and not just be in a constant firefight um yeah so those are all promising updates and additions i'm with you though i most most games now you just have to be cautiously optimistic with how development cycles go and how games are released uh, but the gameplay it looked it, it wasn't a lot of in-depth gameplay it was a lot of like snapshots of gameplay and they kept cutting to different snapshots of gameplay um but the game I mean, looks the good right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it looks good for no sure. surprise there but yeah uh, it does look like kind of the same shit and all those fucking gun things, I mean, like, that's, like, shit that Fallout 3 was fucking doing that shit, you know? Like, I mean, not oh, that it's not exciting sure. to see, but, like, it's not like this is the first time that people have made dopey guns for you to use. Yes. So the motorcycle engine machine gun, which I'm looking at right now, does look rather entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and th that's a fair point. Definitely not the first, but if they can execute it pretty well. um and just lean more into how ridiculous it is to be that um like there, there are so many games that there is there's a time to take yourself seriously like the last of us part two um that we will be talking about today but then there's a time when you're far cry there is nothing serious or normal about those games or realistic like yeah lean into the the crazy have some fun let your hair down um speaking of games that look like they're not going to do anything terribly exciting and new dying light 2's gameplay trailer does not have me 
super optimistic for i have not seen i've been just like kind of watching it on the side i do not see a single thing that looks different than i haven't read anything about it so maybe they're really boasting some shit but looks like they updated the graphics uh did more green instead of orange <laughs> that's about it yeah you, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth i was just gonna gloss over dying light too and basically be like yeah it looks like dying light in a new location and maybe it's supposedly the world is four times as big and there's some more story stuff is what they're like changing a lot is like there's like three different factions in the game and there are different missions you can do to like support one and it will change what occurs in the world and how the the story goes so if they can deliver on that promise if it's deeply integrated enough of a butterfly effect game um to have some big implications and really change things and maybe have some replay value that could be cool but i'm with you gameplay wise they added some new zombie types and um looks like they could have just reskinned the og and then called it a day yeah pretty much there's nothing dramatically new although it looks like some of the insides of the buildings are more open for traversal so they they had a a a quick nighttime scene where you are running away from zombies and you like jump onto this like balcony and then start running through a a building temporarily um and i'm hoping it's not a scripted event i'm hoping there's a lot more of that because that like claustrophobia of like some zombies being inside the building and you're just trying to sprint through to get to the balcony on the other side or whatever it it was terrifying but like in a fantastic way like yeah that that could add a lot if there's a lot more you can do in the city and interact with the buildings and there's more if it's full of stuff to do that could be great. Like if they spend all this time being like, we're not, the gameplay was good. So rather than it, try and reinvent the gameplay, we are going to just make it a deeper story. The, the city is going to be full of so much lore and stuff to do. I'm okay with that. Do I think that's going to be the case? I doubt it, but I I'm, I'm happy to be dis- or disappointed or wrong. Happy to be wrong. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be disappointed, but yeah, I mean, if it's that, I don't, it's not getting marks from me. I needed to do it. Yeah. A lot of games recently have just been feeling a little, st- it feels a little stagnant right now. Maybe, it, maybe it's just the pandemic. Who knows? You know, <laughs> <laughs> just the uh, creativity just went out the, the, the roof once you got a little cough on you. So, um, cough cough who knows who knows um but yeah i'm definitely i mean i'll play it but yeah neither far cry 6 or this it looks like it's it just looks like it's the next in a series but not like in a way that's really yeah changing changing the wheel between like assassin's creed 1 and assassin's creed 2 that was a time where like games were already so shoddy in the first place that like just all of the quality of life fixes between the two games is such a fucking improvement that you're like, this is great. <laughs> that, like, that's a fair point. Yeah. We don't really need the, like, like dying light didn't need quality of life improvements, you know, other than just shitty progression. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that. And that was just, that shouldn't have been an issue in the first place. Right. Like that was just a fucking flaw and it's, it's not an excuse to make a sequel and then improve it on it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. What was the third game? Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, that's right. Which I intentionally saved for last. Yeah, I'm taking it as hype. A little hypey. Yes. Also, I can hear myself again in the in your mic. Oh, my mic. Okay. Yeah, you might need to pull it away from your monitor. Fine. (laughs) Fine. Fine. Yeah, that's good. Okay. 
I can't hear myself anymore. As much as I love the sound of my own voice. Um, I'll turn it too so that it's the perfect alignment. My alignment all right. Yes. <laughs> now I sound 18 times crisper. Hello. Hello. Um, but yeah, Horizon Forbidden West was hypey as fuck. Um, the graphics are like... <laughs> They're. I don't understand the digital. I watched Digital Foundries uh, talk about it as well, kind of their reaction to it, and no one really knows how it's going to run on PS4. Um, because which I'm like, cool with if they just don't fucking cyberpunk it, and if it doesn't fucking run, then just don't release it. <laughs> that would be great. I like. I wouldn't be pissed if it it wasn't released for the PS4. Even if they already said that it was, if they just came out and were like, "Hey, you know what? We tried and we cannot make it run on the PS4." <laughs> I would be fucking okay with that. Like it's a, it's okay to fuck up as long as you don't take $60 from people and then give them a fucking a half-baked product. Yeah, that yeah. can't fucking run. Damn, okay, yeah. This is by far the best gameplay out of the three of them. Like without looks like new shit, much different like gameplay style. A lot more water scenes. The graphics actually are impressive. It doesn't look like a goddamn reskin, which feels great. Yeah. And just the yeah, the amount of shit that they are drawing simultaneously in comparison to the first game, like the depth of the world is it's a little bada boom, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so the the mammoth that was in the original teaser trailer and there's the new gameplay trailer, Aloy fights the the mammoth uh robot. It's called a tremor tusk. And I just think that is a badass name. Um, but the music, um, if w- when you get the chance, go rewatch it, listening to the music, the sound design and the music is like, it, it blew me away. The, when she's fighting the Tremor Tusk, it reminded me of Doom, like a little bit. But oh, like, sure. Doom with like, uh, instead of a metal focus, it was like that heavy, like electronic but like with the horizon music, but really good combat music. Oh, it, it reminded me of doom it is the note that I made. It, it sounded badass though. And while the trailer, they had like a four or five hour, like just like wallpaper countdown, but it, it was, it was dynamic where they were actually, it was like this view of the world from like up here that they were just like slowly panning oh, over cool. and then they would change the scene, but they had sound going and, the sound design was like I, it it sounded like a world that was full of so much like you could you could make out the different like birds and animals and water and rustling of the plants um all individually uh i don't know how much of that is because of the ps5's like 3d audio engine like their tempest engine and how much of it is they just like improved the sound but it was like it felt so full um that blew me away um but yeah the, you can now glide um like jumping from heights there is a grapple mechanic uh the melee combat is improved there is new abilities with that there is now underwater and the water looks better um water looks great yeah the water looks well well, everything looks fucking great it's actually yeah this is not gonna run on the ps4 is what i'm thinking (laughs) like they're Uh gonna have to like drop the resolution i think quite a bit if, yeah, if you aiming... run at 144p, then I'm sure it'll run just like a charm. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if they're, they, they didn't make any mention of if they're trying to target 60 frames per second or if there'll be an, a 60 FPS mode 
I hope there is. That is a trend I am very happy with on the new consoles is 60 FPS modes. At least I understand if you give the option for like the highest possible fidelity, 30 frames per second, and then like slightly reduced fidelity, 60 FPS. Um, sure. But it, if they're aiming for 60 FPS, yeah, the, the PS4 for sure will be 30 FPS target. Um, probably 1080p, maybe even a scaled 1080p with some graphical settings reduced is my guess. Yeah. But yeah, this, uh, this is definitely the most hypey. I mean, I, I'm obviously really lightly fucking, you know, viewing it, but yeah, this is definitely the best out of the three. Yeah. From, from an initial glance. So uh, yeah. thunder tusk with the dudes on it reminds me of, I can't even remember what they're called, but in Lord of the Rings, they have the same shit. Yeah, they they literally I I don't know if I saw it on Reddit or if Digital Foundry made a reference to it, but there is literally a scene where Legolas is shooting um at the people on top of like the mammoths or elephants and like the they rear up and it's almost like a shot for shot um oh, yeah, homage yeah. to it yeah, yeah. in in the Horizon Zero Dawn gameplay or Horizon Forbidden West uh gameplay trailer. So, I think there was definitely some inspiration there, for sure. Which is cool. I mean, it 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 doesn't feel like a fucking uh it it, it doesn't feel like they're just like taking it and for I don't know. Like they're not using it poorly, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. It doesn't feel lazy, you know. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with the reference, but it still definitely fits within the um Horizon Zero Dawn sphere <laughs> the horizon sphere horizon sphere horizon sphere um but yeah so that's it's hype gameplay trailers coming out like crazy movie trailers coming out um it's like everything that got delayed is like we're kind of finally having this like buildup of things that are getting ready to release um yeah so hypey but yeah horizon is definitely the most hype followed next for me by far cry 6 and then the least type is probably dying light too yeah which is surprising honestly dying light was probably my most hype for the longest time um i mean even i've had a lot of reservations after i after how well uh zero dawn went i mean i was just like they're they're just they can't do it you know (laughs) (laughs) You fucked up by making something really good because you're not gonna be able to do it a second time. Uh, we're dying light. I was like, you know, they they talked so much about like different aspects that I thought were really gonna change the game in a lot of ways. But yeah, now looking at the trailer, it's like that's dying light. This could be a DLC. I'm not sure. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, it's a little disappointing, but. I'm hyphy on that that Forbidden West. I'm on that train again. We're back on the, the yes. Horizon train. Let's get it. I Get mean, you all aboard. I, I think the team at Gorilla is just, they're, they're a solid team um, of developers and narrative design. I don't know if I remember correctly. I think the narrative director for Horizon Zero Dawn was from Fallout New Vegas, if I remember correctly. Um, so like a, a history of like some good good narrative Design. Yeah, which New Vegas was crazy because that was definitely one of the first times that I heard, yeah, like multi-faction and it actually like affects the whole world essentially like who you're fucking with and who you're not. Um, so I'm sure it's been done before. That was just my my, my baby exposure it's the first. to it. <laughs> it's the first baby. Okay, I'm saying it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Um, 
Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not. I, there's not really much else to, to talk about. Supposedly, Watch Dogs Legion um, is getting a 60 FPS update. I just picked it up on sale for 20 bucks. Um, and since I have now completed God of War, um, I. Oh, I we- we, 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 yeah, we can save it, I guess. We can save it. We yeah, we'll, save we'll it. talk about God of War next week, right? Probably uh, sometime soon. Well, we can talk about my, my thoughts on it next week, but like we're, we're already approaching 40 minutes and we've got a juicy matchup. I know. Um, but I long story short, Oliver was fairly giving me crap for saying god of war is one of my favorite games of all time but i hadn't even played all the content especially post-game stuff and now i've gone through and i platinum the game i got the full nilfheim armor set i completed all the the cephalheim and nilfheim all the content it's done and uh just a little teaser the game is still fucking fire <laughs> i'm shook it i wasn't expecting that one Oh, yeah i'm I'm definitely i'm excited to talk about it because that's a that's a little bada boom right there if you know what i'm saying yeah i mean if we if you want we can we can turn this into an extendo episode and we can we'll, we'll talk about our matchups and maybe we can touch on god of war at the end if we're still feeling up to it but okay let's do that let's do that i feel like well i'm pretty sure it's next week's thing though so i feel like we should just uh save it for next week but how about you start you start talking about your matchups because my understanding is it should be your week okay and i'll pull up the bracket and then make sure if it's not next week then i don't think i think waiting two weeks i think talking about it while it's fresh i guess what i'm trying to say is yeah i mean we can do it next week that's no problem yeah yeah it's it's next week you have god of war versus uh dead by daylight (laughs) no we we did that last week you did God of War versus Dead by Daylight last yeah, week? Yeah, we, we, we skipped because this matchup is so juicy. Oh, you didn't. You remember? You always update. So I yeah, just assumed. I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, so we have... Well, we can just circle back around, I guess. <laughs> Switch the order <laughs> okay. for the last. We're talking about how long this is, and here we are spending like five minutes discussing how we can make it shorter. This is how the Mo Video Games podcast goes. That's true. You get to see the creative process live. It's, <laughs> it's the privilege we afford you guys. Um, okay. What games you got? Talk to me about him. So this is the final matchup of the quarterfinals of our top 50 video game bracket. And the reason we saved this one for last is because it hurts the most. Um, got Last of Us. I, I didn't, but I do. I, I got The Last of Us Part 2 versus The Witcher 3. <sighs> what a spanker for you. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to pick. So... Let's start with The Last of Us Part 2. For those of you new to the Mo Video Games podcast, we have talked about The Last of Us Part 2 quite a bit. Uh, We we have an entire episode dedicated to it uh, because I I had played through it and Oliver played through it pretty close to launch and we kind of discussed our thoughts on the game pretty fresh. And then it's come up in the matchups a couple times since. Um, So we've talked about it quite a bit, but it is... Third-person action RPG, PlayStation 4 exclusive, sequel to The Last of Us, and it is bomb.com. Uh, we, I have, I've even spoiled this game for people who didn't know what happened in the game. That's how much we've talked about this. And atrocious. I am but not going to. That, that, that's true. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it right now. So don't worry. Um, but some crazy stuff happens in the game, and I. There is a a twist in the game where you you think one thing and something else happens, aka the definition of a twist. Um, 
<laughs> but it's a good twist. If you, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of times it, it's more rare for a twist to actually pan out than, yes. you know, yeah. like, I feel like it's because I, I don't know. There's only so many ingredients you can spice up a, a little video game dish with. And so the twist, you know, you're expecting a twist at some point. But yeah, no, this game, this game kept it fresh. It bonked. Yeah, it it's it is emotional af um is is a way to put it like i so when i mentioned earlier that the games that should take themselves seriously like last of us part two they do and they do it very well naughty dog is one of the best developing developer companies out there and they their graphics are top notch their animations are top notch and their storytelling has been top notch um has been meaning more recently uh like some of the first uncharted games weren't uh, exactly narrative masterpieces um but <laughs> uncharted 4 the last of us and the last of us part 2 have been up there and uh for sure the this this twist that happens is kind of a it's a first for me playing through video games and it's definitely i think if it has been done before this is the most in depth it was done um and it it kind of blew my mind. It still kind of blows my mind. And the, the because it was my first experience with this type of twist, it's one of those things that like now anyone else who comes out with a twist like it is just you're you're always going to kind of have that potential expectation in the back of your head that oh something like that might happen. So the fact that Naughty Dog were kind of the first to do it at least on a mainstream level executed to this degree um just made it that much more special. It was just, it was mind blowing. So story wise, Last of Us Part Two is, I think, where it absolutely knocks out of the park. It's a linear game, even though there are some like open areas to explore in the game, which is really cool. Um, but it's it's linear storytelling, and you're you're along for the ride, and it is a wild one. Um, long game as well, like the story. Which is the game, since it's linear. It, I mean, you're talking like 30 hours of, of gameplay. And it's, it's good. It, the pacing is fantastic. And it's, it's, it's emotional. That, that's all I gotta say right there. Um, they also won some awards for accessibility. They, they did some things as far as making it accessible to people uh, with disabilities, whether it's um, visual or I think even some physical uh, disabilities as well. But like making, uh, add, adding more options ui options um if you have like hearing impairment sight impairment all those kind of things they, they did some cool things that hadn't been done before really tried to push the boundary to make games more accessible won some awards for it so you gotta i gotta give them some marks for that as well um yeah what do you have any additional thoughts on last of us part two oliver I mean, the biggest thing that I remember or like when I when I think about it going back or I guess like gripes and positives, I definitely felt like I mean, the pacing was pretty good. I thought the beginning maybe dragged out a little bit. It's definitely I feel like the emotion of the story is very linear. And the longer that you go into it, the more intense it's going to feel where I mm. wasn't necessarily like immediately pulled in um, because a lot of the beginning scenes are tying back to the first game where it's like, eh, mm. kind of already, you know, like I've seen these gripes before, <laughs> you know, and they're like, yeah, they're just, they're just being rehashed out, which I, you know, don't think necessarily is a bad thing like narratively, but yeah, it definitely, it was a little bit more tedious in the beginning, but then yeah, by the time you get probably 
not even halfway through the game, maybe even more like a third, then it really starts picking up steam and it just kind of kind of does a little scoot the rest of the way <laughs> to the finish <laughs> yeah. line. Um and yeah, man, there's just there's a couple scenes that are little gut wrenchers for sure that it's not very frequently that I get a gut wrencher like that, unless it's Uncharted 4. <laughs> that to be Shouts out, baby. <laughs> world's best brother simulator. Uh so yeah, but that that's probably on going back, that is probably the biggest gripe that I have thinking about it. I mean, the gameplay is for the most part pretty fun. I mean, it's not like really what I think about when I you know, I it, I view it as an uncharted situation again, you know, or it's just a conduit to be telling the story. It would make no sense if you just walk through a world filled with zombies and never kill fucking one. Like that would be the dumbest yeah. zombie game ever. That would be pointless. Um so yeah but yeah it's definitely it was definitely hypey you didn't you didn't lie when you said it was fire i was like it might not be fire and then i played it and i was like it's fire so same with god of War, the fire baby. stamp of approval now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think i think that i think you summed it up well enough and we definitely okay. the the hour-long episode where we talked about it i think we definitely we ranted long enough about how danky it is yes Go check it out if you haven't. <laughs> plug, plug, baby. Um, all right, so the second game, Witcher 3. So it's a light RPG in kind of how you stack skills and stuff with your character. But you were playing as Geralt, the Witcher of Rivia. And he, that is your character. You're not like choosing your species and much more special abilities. There's just skill stuff that you're putting it into. Um, but it is a... Another third person sword fighting, like fighting monsters, and it's a, it's a very adult game. Um, open world, open world, beautiful, gorgeous open world. Yeah, um, the, it, it very well designed, like uh, visually. Yeah, and like and, makes there's nothing in there that like doesn't make sense. You know, it's not like you like because sometimes in open world they'll like they're like trying to force diversity but then like can't figure out how to do it in a good way so and it's like you know you have like a theme park or something like that and some depressing game which just makes no sense um i guess maybe maybe they could pull it off who knows you know i'm not saying that's a a guaranteed failure um but yeah no the witcher 3 felt very cohesive for my minimal playing experience yes. <laughs> um but yeah so witcher 3 open world and it's another one of those like there's there's a lot of story and really in-depth deep long good story side quests in the game where there's like entire almost skyrim-esque where you have like the thieves guild um storyline and 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 these separate side quests almost to that level um where there are entire side quests you follow and you get um like entirely different stories that aren't necessary to the main story, um, but add a lot of value and a lot of content to the game. Uh, the characters are great. The relationships you develop, um, decisions you make at certain points in the game affect, they do actually affect later decisions that you make. Uh, so there is kind of a quasi butterfly effect there. Um, and yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like what big things there are in the game of the witcher 3 i think it's just it's very well executed i don't think it does anything super groundbreaking other than it looks great it it had issues technically upon release that uh cd project red rip and peace <laughs> uh was able to to fix over time 
and now it runs really well uh but yeah it's just it's now a well executed good looking lots of content really good lore in the game the gameplay is honestly pretty simplistic compared to a lot of games now like god of war 2018 the combat is whew, so much better in in god of war than the witcher 3 uh the witcher 3 is like you got a sword and you got five different spell types and each of those spell types um is like advantageous to certain enemy types and then you can like put different poisons and stuff on your sword to to make it super effective against certain enemy types but essentially you're a sword light spell mage and that's like your uh, that that's what Geralt is and uh there just wasn't that that much more to it i think you you get a crossbow too at some point maybe i'm misremembering it maybe there's way more to it but if i remember correctly the combat isn't super in depth um it's mostly about like can you dodge at the right time and then spam attack yeah it's a it's a it's a dodge attack game for sure i barely use spells when i was playing i should have definitely used them a lot more because i'm sure a lot of my fights were painfully tedious because of it but but you came from the Dark Souls realm. You're like, you got to do that, that Dex. It's you fucked know? up all my games. I should have just never played Dark Souls. <laughs> Honestly, if Dark, Souls, if Dark Souls 2 is on my list, I'm taking it off. Just a blank slate now. It's a blank spot. Whoever's going against that free dub. Oh, you can put God of War in there. I could. But I've already knocked out God of War 2. Or no, OG God of War. That's true. But that's what I'm saying. You can, you can bring it back to life. <sighs> <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it to be continued we'll talk about it we, we've already said that because there are some games that or at least one game that i definitely should have had on this list for me that we'll have to talk about so we're planning on doing a little kumbaya episode with some lost games <laughs> in memoriam yeah um, and, and also talk about how dumb this top 50 bracket is um oh, for we're sure. all done with it what which, which we've never been like We've been upfront about that from the beginning. It's top 50 bracket. We, we went into Don't it with very it. little preparation. It makes almost zero sense. And the way we choose our games makes very little sense as well. But it's been a, it's been a fun. Yeah, this All is right. my my games are two top four games probably for me. I feel pretty good about that. So and one of them is not making it to the top four consequentially. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sure that this is this has got to be close, if not top four contenders. Or it's got to be contenders, if not top four. I'm trying to think of what I would even say would be top four. I mean, God of War, yeah, Witcher 3, Last of Us Part 2. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think what even the fourth one would have been. Are you saying for me? Yeah. Uh, Midnight uh, f- Club Dub Edition Remix. Forza Horizon 4. Oh, for sure. Oh, what a banger. Yeah. What a slanger banger. It'll be interesting to see what does make it into the actual Final Four. Um, but I- I'm just going to go ahead right now and uh, tell you my pick, and that is The Last of Us Part 2. Um, <sighs> after thinking about it, it was kind of an easy decision. Um, like the last Once of you us talked about it. It seemed easy. <laughs> yeah. The last of us part. And that, that's, that's what this whole thing is. We kind of do it live. We just kind of, we talk about the games and as we're talking, we're like, you know what? Yeah. We know how we feel insight um, into the creative process yet again on the moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but or yeah. lack thereof. Yes. There, there is no creative process is the insight that you get. Um, but the the Last of Us Part Two did things that I hadn't seen done before. It executed things that had been done almost flawlessly. Uh, it was one of the most well executed technically games I've ever played, and it was one of the most emotional stories I think I've ever seen, um, or heard, or played. So 
that it, you just you can't contend with that or the witcher 3 can't at least the, the I, gameplay I, wasn't enough to to rise above the gameplay of the last of us part 2 and the last of us part 2 story just shits on the witcher 3 story i gotta say i don't think this is spoiler so i think i'm okay to say this but uh okay but just in case if in you case, care. close your ears, plug your ears. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I guess it's light spoilers if because sometimes you don't want like uh, environments to be ruined. But the the skyscraper, like when you're like going through that, that is like the cool. I can't think of a game that's done something like that. And that was a really cool scene, or like whole sequence of scenes, I guess. Um, yeah, that was just like yeah, it was exciting and fresh, which is good. I appreciate when I see that, and the character design and like interacting with it made it all the more exciting the whole time yeah. so yeah agree agree Good completely that is one Good of shit. the best set pieces in the game yeah but they're all they're all they're all so good they do be bangy they do be, they bangy. be bangy but yeah witcher 3 rest in peace but uh i mo- can't believe it didn't make it to the quarterfinals <laughs> no well it did this is the quarterfinals no, oh, I meant to say top four. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Semifinals. 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 There we go. We found the words. <laughs> I know how to speak English some days. Not today. Right. It's uh, also, you might need to pull your mic away again. I think I just need to put my thing on and not be lazy. <laughs> I can just turn you all the way down. There, say something really loud. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Nothing. It works? Yeah, you're nodding. It works. Yeah, cool. You can't hear me, though, can you? Um, okay enjoying my nice comfort not having to wear my sweaty headphones but it's okay i'm sorry um okay yeah i guess my games since i'm assuming you're done i'm you voted. done i voted <laughs> the votes are in uh i got uh, the ocarina of time versus metroid prime a matchup that i've been losing sleep about for years now because i just knew that the mo video game podcast was just going to rise to prominence even as a wee child <laughs> um yeah we talked about these games before the stories on both of them are very simplistic uh for ocarina of time start out and yeah you run up to your homie deku tree and he's like bro i don't feel so good and there's a wicked man from the desert and he's bad and you need to stop him so go talk to the princess if i rule and then the rest of the game is just the the aftermath literally of that conversation (laughs) um and then metroid prime kind of similar just like both of them are i think i think this is probably the best comparison between two games that i've had so far on my tier list because metroid prime is very similar in the fact that you like go to this frigate where a bunch of space pirates have died from their own like mutant version that they've been working on this like mutant thing and then frigates blowing up and you see your homie meta ridley your favorite because samus loves meta ridley to the death uh and meta ridley's flying towards talon 4 and you're like bitch you're not getting away from me and so then you go to talon 4 and the story goes from there um so yeah both of them are very light they're definitely or light on the story they definitely are like you run there's a center world and you run off from the center world and then you're in like a different environment um and you're kind of exploring that area but then you just like will always come back to the center world and then jump through to the next world okay i guess and so it's it's kind of like it's kind of like dungeons in a weird way metroid prime definitely has a lot more interlinking between their areas in comparison to Ocarina of Time. Um, 
but I thought of so many great things to compare these two games by, and now I'm just sweating really bad, really hot now. So I don't want to put my headphones on. <laughs> um, obviously, the games are pretty far away apart in time, and I got to give kind of a knock to Metroid Prime, unfortunately, because I feel like it was in a not great time graphically where they're like trying to get to better realism and it doesn't age well you know and it was like like yeah gamecube like xbox xbox 360 gen and they're like oh man we can draw things better than we've ever drawn before yeah it doesn't doesn't age well um where ocarina of time that's some pixely shit and then when you're playing it you're like yep that's exactly this is low poly and we take those (laughs) (laughs) it's it's Uh, objectively worse yet somehow it's better objectively better (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah both of them definitely are pretty good at creating like i I think both of them do a really good job at creating atmosphere um and like when you're going through a certain area they definitely like do a lot of things with the design of the area to make sure you feel like you're actually like climbing through a a, like a lava cave you know everything's on fire fire bats are flying at you or some (laughs) shit like that um which I like a lot. I definitely think Metroid Prime definitely does a lot better with creating atmosphere. And I think part of that's probably due to their soundtrack. Because I think that the soundtrack's a lot more indicative of kind of what's going on mm. at the time in the game. Um, it matches it a lot better. No offense to Koji Kondo. Ocarina of Time soundtrack do be smacky smacky, wacky wacky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm. 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 The thing that Ocarina of Time, I think, it, when I go back and play through it, they have a decent selection of items for you to use throughout the course of the game. And the way that they use the items, every item just feels very intentional. And like, there's like no doubt that like the items placement in the game wasn't just like an afterthought or like, oh, we need to explain how to get through this one door. And so we just threw an item as a bullshit fix to it, you know, or something like that. Like yeah. every every item feels really well designed they offer a pretty good diversity of like things that you can do with the items um like diversity of boots you have like the floaty boots and then the heavy boots and then the normal (laughs) boots i'm not i'm not gonna try to remember what their names are uh but yeah the i think the puzzle solving and the way that they implemented the items was really good especially for like a 1996 game um so yeah i think ocarina of time seemingly is almost maybe age better even though i've played metroid prime pretty recently and it still do be fire fire bang bang slap slap <laughs> uh, and and they both like ocarina of time if you go through their biomes it's going to feel really like oh yeah like you're not going to be surprised by anything you see because it's such an old game that they kind of you know made biomes that i feel like a lot of games have used since then right like you're going to have oh, a forest sure. area and you're going to have a desert area and then you're going to have a fire and a water area like at the time you know you're just like oh cool i've never thought about you know doing it this way before but now it's like if you see that shit you're like no shit sherlock which the metroid does do as well but they do include at least a couple areas that i think are pretty unique like uh there's like a plasma area i guess is the best way to say it which i'd like never heard of a plasma area before it goes sparkle sparkle boom boom <laughs> in the background nonstop. <laughs> these these adjectives man they're, they're great um so yeah I think the only other thing really to mention that I, I remember thinking about on my run today as I was contemplating which game I think should win. Uh, Metroid Prime does, they do a good job of reusing enemies and making it exciting, but it does kind of end up having not as much diversity in enemy options for a game 
that came out so much later than Ocarina of Time. I don't think it offers enough more in addition. Like they'll take, I mean, Ocarina of Time, you know, they ha- you, you run into like a, a wolf and then there's a boss wolf that literally is just like they reskinned it and made it white and they called it a day. Like it was just super lazy. But that was cool at the time because it's like, you know, the, like some of the first 3D games that are coming out. I'm like, OK, I'm not thinking that is a bad thing, you know, but like yeah. when I'm playing Metroid Prime and there's a fucking like there's literally three bosses that are like these Omega Pirates and they like just barely fucking change them at all between the three fights. And it's like this just feels fucking lazy. You know, it's like they like just ran out of kind of ideas or something. Uh, and like they're they're decent fights. I mean, they're a little easy, but. I think most people think they're a little easy. I'm not just saying that to brag. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty good, bro. I'm pretty fucking good. But yeah, so I think it's it's a very close matchup. And these, like I said, are both definitely top four games for me. I think the atmosphere and like, yeah, just the way that the environment is set up in Metroid Prime, like hands down, I would almost go as far to say like Smash is Ocarina of Time. And that's what I really like about it because combined with the music and the environments, um, like, I don't know. I was just really every time I played it, I've been so compelled just to run around and explore and see what's going on. And I've never not felt that urge while playing that game where wow. Ocarina of Time just being an older game. I mean, the dungeons are relatively short. The puzzles in them are good, but it's just like they just didn't have the, the power at the time. They didn't have the more power baby <laughs> to probably do, uh, you know, a level that obviously a level that we do now. Um but man, the boss fights and the creativity of the boss fights and also, yeah, just <laughs> the whole like switching between being a kid and an adult. You get three kid dungeons and then like I think it's seven or eight adult dungeons and they all just feel totally unique from each other and totally exciting. You A dungeon is literally inside of a fish's belly. I cannot think of another <laughs> game where you run inside a living creature and then... God, God of War. And actually have a dungeon and not just one long boat ride down, which was the most <laughs> tedious fucking part of God of War. I remember that now, man. I did not like that sequence. They made that. You had the boat so long. I was just like, where's the turbo on this bitch? I want the gas pedal down. I know. I thought there was a lot more to that sequence. Um, no, it's so basic. And they yeah. barely like the shit that they added to like give it kind of like some texture, you know, was just so lazy. Like, it was just like, uh, yeah, he he ate this building. Which is our justification for why there's a building inside of his gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, all in all, I think as much as it hurts me to say, I think, yeah, Ocarina of Time with the novelty, the timing of it, I got to give it. I got to give it to Ocarina of Time. I can't give it to Metroid. I feel it is. I feel bad, but yeah, we all knew it was coming. I tried. I've been trying to talk up Metroid Prime for weeks now in my head knowing that this matchup's coming up <laughs> prepping, doing the training on, so you got the punches you got that left hook i know you do um but yeah there's just a couple bosses in ocarina of time and the dungeons are the like shadow dungeon is by far my favorite dungeon i think a lot of people really like that dungeon and the things that they do in the shadow dungeon um yeah like the puzzles with it i mean i still see like similar elements of that in games that i'm playing today obviously pretty pivotal game for its time and for our time because it will be bonking 99 out of 100 out of metacritic let me remind you yeah is it is that make it still the greatest reviewed game of all time on metacritic i'm pretty sure or at least if not one of the top dogs i'd have to 
I'd have to look. Uh, I Metroid mean, I Prime. There's no 100, so. Metroid Prime is a 97, so. That I don't know how to search sanky. <laughs> Metacritic site at all. Games of all time. There you go. Yeah. If you want to know what number two is, I guess it's a tie. Super Mario 64. <laughs> no. Super Tetris. Mario 64, I'm pretty sure, only got a 96. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Whoa! Grand Theft Auto 4, Soul Calibur, and GTA 5. Damn. I, I feel like I knew Tony Hawk was on there, but... I forget that it got reviewed so well. I did play the living shit out of that game, so <laughs> I can't nuts. say I'm too surprised. But yeah, it's definitely... Uh, I, I forgot for a second about it. More specifically, the PS2 version, or the PlayStation version, my bad. Um, the Dreamcast version was read a little bit more poorly. Uh, but yeah, so either way. Metroid Prime's a, a great game, and it definitely does enough things in addition to what Ocarina of Time did to like warrant it as a game, and I think it's a great addition to the sequence of those types of games. But um, yeah, Ocarina of Time just just it, it 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 gave me the cake and let me eat it too. It was Ooh. the whole it was the whole shebangy bang. There's the tagline. Right There's there. the tagline. <laughs> Majora's Mask, I also loved a lot, but I think Ocarina of Time really deserves. A lot of people didn't like Majora's Mask. I don't get why they didn't like it. I really like turning into a Goron or whatever they're called and then just rolling around like a little ball all over the place. It's a great feeling. I mean, a lot of people like uh, Bob Dylan, and I'm just not one of those people. Tangled up the moon! <laughs> so, yeah. Here's my axe for Metroid Prime. I was about to play it today, give myself a refresher. But <laughs> oh, wow, I, you were going hard trying. Yeah, well, I was, I was trying to decide whether or not to play that or Ocarina of Time, but I've watched, <laughs> yeah, full disclaimer, my most watched speedrunning is definitely 100%. No, I am, no wrong warp, Ocarina of Time, like hands down. I've spent more hours than I care to admit watching people speedrun that game. Um, so maybe, maybe that biases me. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't. You don't know. I wasn't going to try to run it, and then I decided Hollow Knight would be easier, which it was substantially. <laughs> Way too many fucking tricks in Ocarina of Time that I would have to learn. The initial commitment would be what one may identify as high. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my pick. Alright. So Last of Us Part 2 and Ocarina of Time. Two terrible games. Ooh, which will eventually go up against uh, God of War. Um, uh, do you want to do some some bonus discussion on God of War right now? Oh, fuck yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. All right, I so just want to know, yeah, what... I asked you this over text, but what is better on the second playthrough? What is worse on the second playthrough? Like, what, what opinions changed to whether or not they went up or down? Um... Big open question. <laughs> I, I can tell you this. <laughs> it it didn't get any worse. It only got better. There's nothing that got worse. There's nothing that you like had some rosy colored glasses on. Oh, there, like, there is there is one thing, but it's something I didn't do the first time around. But it's probably my biggest complaint, and that is the lack of fast travel. Um, and I know they have the Mystic Gateways, but that is not fast, and you have to get to the Mystic Gateway first, and you can't do intra-world or intra-realm Mystic Gateways. So if I am at 
far away from a mystic gateway in Midgard and I need to go to Helheim. I now have to traverse my way to a mystic gateway to get to the, the Bifrost area to then go in there and then set the location. And because this came out on PS4, they're they're hiding a lot of the loading of the world yeah, yeah. in that Bifrost area. But now that I'm playing on PS5, it's unnecessary. So it's like a good 30 plus seconds of just like animations, which look really cool the first few times you do it. But when you're trying to close out 100% completion of the game at the end and you have to keep going back and forth between realms, it is the biggest waste of time. And having to run down that fucking path. Yes, until oh that they decide gosh. that that just loaded no that is that was so fucking annoying to me yeah i 100 agree even in my first playthrough that was annoying so like a reiteration playthrough i would only make it would grab my gears even harder yeah but i i did not have issues with it until i was at the end game trying to close out like getting all of the ravens and all that kind of stuff for the rest of the game i didn't have an issue with it it, it was fine for me oh yeah you um, platinumed it because the audience doesn't know that so yes I, I did platinum um god of war but the the other thing that again at the end of the game like after you've done pretty much all the content and you're going back to these realms to get content boy uh atreus all he has like two or three lines that he says on repeat and it's why are we still here and are we lost nah oh yeah that and was... he says those things over and i'm like we're not fucking lost i am here i know exactly where i'm going especially when i was like just grinding nilfheim um over and over again he's like are we lost like yeah, why it's like are we a little here? child just poking something nonstop for 40 minutes and you're just like please stop fucking touching me and, and i don't know why like there was still content to complete i still had realm tears to complete and treasure chest to open in nilfheim so i don't know why they had it coded that he would be prompting you like why are we still here i could see if you were pretty much done with the content and they're trying to prompt you like hey you don't need to be here anymore but i i hadn't done most of the content in nilfheim he's like yeah, what are we still doing here, bro? Like, dad, I want to leave. Um, so that that is my only gripe. But it was literally like end game content. That's not even like gameplay wise. It's literally if you're trying to get the platinum. Um, so it, I don't think it takes away from the game. It's just something that I I understand why that part is bad because they just pro there's no need to put a lot of time into that. Um, but at the end, when I'm like already done trying to find these last little ravens that are hidden in the most hidey hole places, uh, and then I got boy on my ass. Um, yeah, that that was Dad, my biggest. What the fuck are you doing? Um, but other than that, there's really the I I don't know. It was I I. There's nothing really I didn't like, especially yeah. didn't like less than the first time I played through. What did you think of Niflheim and the Valkyries? Because obviously those are two things that I definitely enjoyed a lot in my playthrough and have spoken very highly of over and over and over again. <laughs> so Nilfheim, if you don't know, endgame content, it's like the probably the last realm you should go to because it's very high level enemies. Um, there's essentially this cursed mist. And so it's it's slowly killing you. So you, you have to do what you're going to do before like you're cursed health bar goes down and you have to get out of the mist and as you unlock this armor that's there you get more resistance to it so it, it takes longer and longer for you to die and eventually there's a loop but there's like four battle arenas um 
in like a diamond shape and then there is an additional battle arena and a valkyrie in nilfheim and you can just keep once you get enough armor you can just keep looping and looping but i thought grinding that was so much fun because it changes the traps and the enemy types every time you go through so it's like randomly generated so you're, you're facing different enemies and different combinations of enemies and it's because it's all high level and you're high level at that point you're like using all of your abilities and you get it's like the most diverse combat in the entire game because you're like fully kitted out at that point i loved nilfheim that's what i'm saying i have not gotten in-game content like that from a game in so fucking long like i cannot remember the last time i got in-game content that even came close to that which it's like very i want to it's almost like just like arcadey style fucking gameplay you know you're just grinding out the same shit but like it it was fun it's like oh i don't want i want to keep using my shit i'm overpowered as fuck right now and i don't want to just be like thwopping on some random thing that like one hit and it's dead on the floor you know that's so yeah. boring so it's like yeah i i, I really enjoyed it oh so that was super good, good. as far as the valkyries are concerned the turbo bonked all of them <laughs> Yeah, so the the first eight Valkyries, I waited until I had fully upgraded full Nilfheim armor and uh, talisman like handle sets. I was fully kitted out as as full as you can get on a first playthrough, not new game plus. So I was like level nine and a half, and then went to fight the Valkyries and just absolutely poo poo stomp them. Um, with the exception of Musefelheim. The Valkyrie at the end of that, I did before Nilfheim. I only had like the Dwarven set. I was like level five and a half, maybe six, something like that. Um, and that was actually, that was a challenging fight um, first time. And so I, I enjoyed that one because it, it was more challenging. But every other Valkyrie after that, I, I poo-poo stomped. Um, and then, but then you get to the queen of the Valkyries, Sigrun. And I died a lot. It was like you go from absolute poo poo stomp to oh my god, she because I poo poo stomped the other Valkyries, um, I didn't learn any of their movesets, and then all of a sudden Sigrun has all of their movesets. Um, and so I it it was a huge learning curve for me to like finally figure out when to dodge, how she is telegraphing her moves, um, and and get over that. But I finally when I my run when i beat her i had i had a very good run for like the first three quarters of her health bar um and then like very quickly degraded i made like a couple mistakes um and like she wrecked my shit um and i had like just a sliver of health left when i beat her but um yeah that was fun i i have never died so many times and not been upset like it's what i always talk about like if you if it seems like you are getting better each time and that is your skill not the game cheating you that's the best kind of difficult combat and i think that was perfect like every time i was like oh i i knew exactly what mistake i made learned from it and got better each time so that was that was fun uh so the valkyries overall if i had done it at the appropriate levels i think would have been fun but sigrun that is a fun ass boss yeah that is a good point because the difficulty even because i definitely was not i got kitted out for sigrun because she was also turbo smacking the booty and (laughs) when you get clapped that many times the booty cheeks need a rest so uh so yeah i I ground for some equipment after that but most of the rest of them i thought 
decently lower power level than that. And yeah, some of them were just like the one by where you get the chisel. Uh, I know I told you that one, but like I literally walked into that one and just spanked her and then walked out. And I was like, these, these are going to be fucking easy. <laughs> like, there's no problem. You know, and then I'm, yeah, same Moose Effelheim was a really good one. That's got to be probably the second hardest one that I can think of. Um, you know, you climb up, you're like, ah, she's not going to be that bad. And pee pee smack the last one. And then she starts pee pee smacking you. And you're like, oh, God, not again. <laughs> yes and speaking so. of musevelheim those trials did you go through and do the impossible challenges as well mm, no i only did one and two i didn't do level three okay the 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 level three impossible challenges were a, a lot of fun as well there wasn't anything like drastically different than the other ones um there was one very difficult the 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 first impossible arena is you can't get hit um but there's there's like 20 enemies and they they bring a decent amount out simultaneously um of difficult enemies and then the final one is like a one of the like ancients or something um yeah and stuff but that that one wasn't too terrible those i don't mind and then there was my least favorite ones are that you have to kill the enemies in the gold ring um, oh, that was tedious and then you like throw them out but they their dying animation doesn't occur until they're outside so you can't throw them which is like obviously when you have the skull crush ultra mega doom type shit you know you want to use it yeah you did all that work to stagger him i want to use my stagger <laughs> <laughs> yeah and surprisingly though i completed both the the gold ring challenge or all three of the gold ring challenges first try um, oh, nice but they were the most butt clenching like frustratingly tedious of like w- one of them i don't know if it's the impossible challenge or not i was like a second away from not getting it <laughs> um and i was just like i don't want to do this again <laughs> so badly but those challenges were a lot of fun going through those and the the world of musevelheim that it looked so cool yeah. Like just the lava and the red. It felt like Doom. Um, it was just such a cool, badass, like trial combat arena um area. I loved it. So both both Mussevelheim, Nilfheim, and the Valkyries and game content. Wow. Fantastic. And okay. and being fully kitted out, I I especially going through Nilfheim, you you learn how to use all your abilities. Um and it just you feel so good the combat in the game is so tight and f- it feels so good all of the different abilities that you unlock through skills or your runic attacks um are all really good i unlocked that there's one um axe runic attack it's the light one i don't know if you got it where you shoot an ice beam um i don't know if i had that one it is incredibly op um it is like if you use that on any enemy, it's pretty much a guaranteed kill. Um, with the exception of the Valkyries. Like, you can yeah. you can pretty... If there's an enemy that you're like, ooh, I don't want to fight this one, you throw out that runic attack, you're you good to go. They're done. <laughs> um, so no, I felt good. And I also... There is an, like an infinity gauntlet from Marvel, like Easter egg of the talisman that you get um and you get there's six infinity stones they're not called that my goodness oh my cat just ate so she's screaming about how happy she is that she ate um i don't know if you can hear it but but you, you, you it has three enchantment slots when it's fully upgraded so you put three of the six infinity stones in there and you get this like super 
talisman ability where you like shoot your gauntlet and shoot these beams um at the enemies is actually pretty powerful um damn i was definitely missing some power up upgrades because i definitely missed out on some op shit <laughs> yeah I, I was trying hard i i game guided a little bit um but pretty much everything i tried very hard first before doing sure. to a game guide um like the ravens and stuff i was like i was searching high and low and pr i probably got 80 percent of them to maybe 85 percent without game guiding and then game guided the last little bit um and stuff but yeah i i was trying to do everything genuine legit um but i knew that there was an infinity gauntlet thing in there so i definitely looked up what that was because it's not sure you, you can it's like called like the gauntlet of ages or something like that i think is what it's called like it's it's not super subtle but um it's pretty subtle but yeah fantastic the story still pretty much hit all the feels i was i remembered from the first game i still think that story is a slap sap bang bang um it's yeah god, god of war story slap sap bang bang so good and playing at 60 frames per second, I have to say, the the thing that low-key, so like, low-key, <laughs> didn't, didn't mean that pun. I there. don't get it. Um, but people talk about 60 frames per second, you think, oh, the game looks smoother. Like, oh, that's nice. That's the benefit of 60 frames per second. It's the latency. It, that's the real benefit from you putting an input into a controller and then seeing that on screen. You're effectively like reducing the time that that takes in half. Um, so the game feels way more responsive when you play in 60 frames per second. And it makes dodge windows that much easier to hit. Um, I just think yeah. the game plays better. It, all, almost every game, I think. I don't know if there is a game that wouldn't play better at 60 frames per second versus 30 frames per second. Um, but that was a huge upgrade. I mean, I think it matters a lot more, though, in a game where you're trying. Yeah, you do have tight dodge windows and repost windows or parry windows, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah. It's not like if I was playing like Last of Us 2 at 30 FPS versus 60 FPS, I doubt I'm really going to give much of a shit at the end of the day. You know, True. like the combat's yeah. pretty slow overall in comparison. But yeah, when for some reason for this God of War, they decided to do a little donkey influence. Um, <laughs> yeah i definitely made it fucking frustrating when it's like yeah you're like i swear i fucking rolled at the right time and then you know one frame later sigrun's on your butt again <laughs> yeah. but so. no it's it's good it's great um i i don't know if i had fully explored midgard either there's like two huge additional areas of midgard um one is Vaithregard, and the other one is Konisgard or Kone something. There's like one where there's there's, there's a dragon there's in both like, of them. Yeah, one of them has the like there's like a dwarf that like hoarded all of his goods in the castle, isn't that Konisgard? And then yeah. the other one is yeah, you like run up the hill. That was the first dragon I ran into. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, and I was super under leveled, and I you know classic Oliver. I was like, I'm gonna fucking do it. I don't care. <laughs> So I'm like, you know, like maybe level three going against like level five joggers. That's just like the most tedious fight possible. It's like the it's the old hit 
then run away for your life and pray that you just that's uh, i i just recorded my third ghost of tsushima and there was i went up against this group of like there was like probably 10 enemies simultaneously trying to attack me and i would just like i ran away far enough that they would kind of single file and i'd kill one and they'd start grouping up again and then i'd run away and they'd spread out and i'd kill and then they'd group up and yeah the the, the run tactic is great when you don't know how to play a game properly or you want to right be level. a strat and it's a good strat um yeah is there anything else that you can think of um because i feel like that was a majority of there was just yeah stuff that you hadn't played that i think was worth playing you know if, if i didn't think it was worth playing then i wouldn't have recommended yeah i i took some notes just trying to pull up um midgard did have a lot of content i kind of fucked up by exploring midgard for so long because then it made the next part of the main story too easy because like, oh yeah i leveled up a bunch from you know exploring midgard for like 10 hours probably you know like i wasted so much time in midgard just <laughs> grabbing everything i could find and then you know you go back to the main story and you're like you know level four or five at that point and they're level two and you're like ba boom you did <laughs> <laughs> which is the same mistake i did with the valkyries i just made yeah. it later yeah it's but for some reason going through the story i I must have done it correctly because my my level progression seemed to match pretty appropriately how the story was progressing. And I also didn't do a lot of exploring when Atreus was being a punk. Um, so like I didn't have the bad taste of frustrating Atreus in, in my head. And I also, I was a pretty good progression. So that's definitely a potential knock is that you have the ability to get too high of a level um, and the ability to make torture yourself with a boy being a little brat um for too long but yeah i do kind of wish that i i do wish at least especially with stuff like i don't know i guess it's 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 you could you could argue it either way i kind of wish that the valkyries had like a baseline difficulty that they would at least match with um you know especially if like the whole like god of war reddit community makes such a big deal about killing them it's like if he just turbo farm you're just gonna literally bonk all of them like if yes. i if i was the power level when i fought sigrand with all the other ones yeah it would be a little bada boom and you dead <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah it's it's disappointing but it's it, i also have to say you, you you mentioned this before the the final balder fight is i did not remember how badass that was that fight but, is fucking insane that is that fight is, they do everything and they do it they do it big, they do it small, they do it all the ways, and it's so hype. Like that is definitely I can't I can't think of another fight that I've played recently that even comes close to that hype, especially because of what, like it's Thor and the world serpent or something like that, and they're all fucking flying around in the sky. I mean not I, literally no, that the, ridiculous. The, the witch uh reanimates the dead giant. Of course. Yeah, yeah, oh that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that whole like yeah, that you just normally when you're in a fight, you know, you're like, ah, oh, we're two small dudes smacking each other up. And then these fucking giants come out and start fighting, too. And you're like, what? It's a crazy. It was wild. It was so good. Um, yeah. Also, Sigrun. Um, so when you finally beat all the eight Valkyries, you place their heads, a realm tear opens in the, the Council of the Valkyries. And that's where Sigrun is. Um, I was expecting another typical 
you touch it and then you back away and oh, yeah, the sacred comes the... out and it startled me. You you touch it and she blasted out of there, just dragging your ass across the ground immediately. It was oh man, it was badass. I like that too. Yeah, definitely, definitely some good touches. And that is, a, it, it, there's also, a, yeah, there was a lot of shit in Midgard. I think that is easy to miss if you're playing through and not trying to explore. And the Midgard yeah. content, I thought was, I thought it was a good addition. I like the dragons and it. Yeah. Um, I thought they were overall like, I mean, super light on the puzzle, but it was still fun to like explore around and free them. And explore those little dwarf hidey holes tucked away with a bunch of little goods. Little good goods. Um Yeah. Yeah. So God of War sucks. The worst. No, it's it's good. I I platin <laughs> it's now one of like four games I platinumed. I've done Need for Speed 2015, Until Dawn, Infamous Second Son, God of War. Midnight that- Dub Club Special Edition Remix. No. And I was on the PlayStation 2, right? I'm just going to keep saying it, though. It, it was PS2. We, have, we are so close to platinuming Stickbold, um, but I don't, that, that's going to be the most elusive uh, platinum for me. That's going to be fucking hard. And by the time I'm back out there so that we can platinum it, I mean, it's... We're going to be trash at the game. It's going to be impossible. That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm already probably rusty as fuck. My stick, <laughs> my stick ball is probably an all-time low. <laughs> That's true. And you, you carry us. You are by far the better stick boulder. So. Eh, it, but I'll it, take it. it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> your, your ability to curve. Curve? That's it's primo. The curve is critical. I did not appreciate how OP curving the ball is. Like the AI yeah. are just coded to if curve, face tank that shit, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so good. But yes, that's that's God of War. That's bonus content. That's our that's our matchups. That's tech news. You heard free, it all here, folks. Free 25 minutes of content. Yeah, just for you. Um but yeah, that's uh, as always. Follow us if if you're watching this on YouTube right now live. Um, we this is our recording of the podcast. It'll go up live. the The stream and the podcast go up live on Wednesday at noon after we're uh, done recording it. If you're listening to this after the fact on YouTube or podcast services, we do live stream the recording. And if you want to chat and interact with us you can do so um so make sure you hit the notification bell on youtube and get subscribed because we don't know when we're going to go live we don't have a schedule for that so if you want to be part of the live stream you got to get notified unfortunately um that's yeah it's not intentional but uh lives are busy uh so you never know when that's going to happen but it's it's exciting we hope to join leave comments let us know what you think what games you would have chosen do you agree or disagree um what do you think about god of war and how it's the greatest game of all time and uh (laughs) all that kind of good stuff but otherwise that's all we got so we will catch you guys in the next one Josie. Josie. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. If you made it all the way to the end of this podcast, we applaud you because this was a long one and my goodness were our thoughts as disjointed as ever. So thank you so much if you stuck around to the end. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at MoVideoGames and make sure if you're listening to this on podcast services, you go check out our YouTube channel, MoVideoGames, where we live stream the recording of this podcast and hit that notification bell if you want to join us because our recording schedule is not 
regular. I'll tell you that right now. But if you want to join us, hit that notification bell. You get notified when we go live. We start recording the podcast. You can chat with us, ask us questions, share your thoughts. We would love to see you there. So make sure you head over to Mo Video Games on YouTube. We appreciate you guys so much. We hope you're having a great day and we hope you have a great rest of your day. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Juicy.